Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Four Super Bowl losses, including wide right, which was should never have been missed. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals lost when Brett Hall had his toe in the crease, which was against NHL rules, but they let that one go. And now it looks like the Buffalo Bills, among other things that have happened, now the Buffalo Bills look like they are the team that is finally in position to end that Super Bowl curse to give Buffalo its first championship of any real kind. I mean, they've had lacrosse, but... um, And their superstar quarterback, Josh Allen, suffers an elbow injury. Now, the elbow injury does not look all that severe. He may miss this week. But this week they're playing against a really good team, and if they lose this week, they lose the advantage they got to have home field advantage potentially in the playoffs, which it's, let me bring in Steve Foxcroft. Steve's a guy who knows Buffalo well, knows Buffalo sports well. He's a commentator. He's an official. Steve, very simply, is there a curse against the city of Buffalo when it comes to sports? Boy, oh boy, when you put it like that, it makes me wonder. But I will say that I will preface it with this, Scott. I am currently sitting in the Key Bank Arena, and it's a big night for us Buffalo people because Jack Eichel is back in town. And I don't know if he ran us out of town or we ran him out of town, but I'm planning on booing him tonight. All right, and there's another example, though. Steve, there's another example. Second overall draft pick should have been a guy that led the Sabres to greatness, and he, I don't want to say he fizzled out, but he certainly... He's nowhere near Connor McDavid, who was the guy taken in front of him. And you're right. We were set up with the ping pong balls to get Connor McDavid, who at the time was playing just an hour and a half down the road in Erie for the Erie Otters, and it was looking good back then. And yeah, they didn't. It was like wide right on the ping pong balls, too, or someone had a foot in the crease for the ping pong balls as well. And we ended up with Jack Eichel, and he's a good player, but I just don't know if he's the package, the whole mm. package. So not to elude the question about Josh Allen, we got to talk about him, but yeah, I, I needed to let you know that tonight's a big night here in Buffalo to start off a big sports week. Well, here's the, th- here's the, th- when I ask about the curse, here's the thing, because Josh Allen, his elbow gets injured in a game at the end of a game on a play that shouldn't happen in a game. The Bills should have been winning big. So he wouldn't have even been in that position. There's the first thing. But the second thing is he's now got a sprained elbow ligament. If you play him against Minnesota, Almost for sure, because of the way things happen to Buffalo sports teams, he gets hit on that elbow and it blows the ligament or tendon or something and he's done for the year. You know that's how Murphy's Law would work. If you don't play him, you end up losing probably to Minnesota. I think a lot of people would expect that. Minnesota's a great team. And now you've given back the two games that you had on Kansas City, and you probably, if you go to the playoffs, end up having to go back to Kansas City again, whereas you had finally set yourself up that they would have to come on the road to Buffalo. It, it's a no-win. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to try and use the glass-half-full analogy, and that is it's a long way to go yet in the season. And if we tie with Kansas City and or Tennessee – who don't count them out yet, at least we've beaten them both this season. So we would get the tiebreaker that way. The other thing, though, that's concerning everyone is we're 0-2 in the division. But, again, half glass full is we got Miami and the Jets both coming to Orchard Park later in the schedule. So we hope to avenge those losses and just get the ship righted. But to your point, 
Casey Keenum, our backup quarterback, used to play for Minnesota, and he's known to have the Minnesota miracle passing it to Stefan Diggs in a big play that won them a game, and he won a couple games last year in Cleveland. So we're not totally saying, like, we need Casey Keenum here instead of Josh Allen, but hopefully Casey Keenum isn't what you're saying is automatic loss. We think we can still pull it out at home because Kirk Cousins, with the crowd and a cold, chilly afternoon in Buffalo, I'm not convinced that he's going to beat us. We, we it'll be interesting. I, as I say, I just uh, as someone who uh, all of us who live close enough to Buffalo to have seen this over the years, just know if something can go wrong, huh. it will go wrong. It just it's we, inev- it's inevitable. It's inevitable. We already, t- we already talked about it with the, right off the top, right, with the Jack Eichel thing. That's one that doesn't even make the short list of things that could go wrong, but it was just another example of something that didn't go the Buffalo sports fans away. It's just there's too many examples of it, and it's over decades now. It, 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 I will be... I mean, I would be shocked anytime. I, I'll be shocked if I ever live to see the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. I mean, truly shocked. I've never been alive... Uh, my life began. I was born after the Leafs won their last Stanley Cup. I've not been alive to see one. I, I, I will be shocked if I ever see that. I think I would be almost more shocked if the Buffalo sports fans ever got to celebrate anything because it just seems so unlikely. Always. Well, to that point of the Leafs, my brother Dave, born in 1967, was named after Dave Keon. Was he really? I, yeah, Dave Keon was who he was named after. And then I have another brother, and he's not named after a Leaf. So that goes to show you that yeah, in the years following, there was nothing there worthy of being named after a Leaf. And uh, so he just was named after my dad. My dad just said, well, I'll name him after me. All right, and so here. you, as Steve, you, you were what, after Steve Durbano, big star with the <laughs> Kansas City Scouts? I was actually named after Frank Ryan, and it's only because my middle, Frank Ryan, the quarterback, and my middle name is Ryan. So I didn't get a first name thing. It was me. I was after uh, the quarterback, Frank Ryan. So, but I like my middle name. Mm. I like Ryan. I could go by that. And you know, when we're mentioning names and na- people being named after and stuff, uh, it just made me think, you know, the Buffalo curse, it doesn't even just extend to championships. Only in Buffalo would the greatest player in franchise history for the Bills be a guy you can't possibly ever bring back to the stadium because he killed his wife, O.J. Simpson. You're coming up with stuff, yeah. Like, I was thinking while you were coming up with a list is, the last time we were in the finals was 99, no goal. Before that, it was the Flyers in the fog game yes. where you couldn't even see the puck, and they scored the winning goal, and and you couldn't even see it because there's like four feet of fog on the ice. Yep. and it's crazy. I believe the goalie that day was Jerry Desjardins for the Sabres, who um, yeah. uh, his career ended prematurely because of an injury. Great goalie would have been one of the – well, I don't know if he would have been one of the all-time greats, but it's just, it's a Buffalo thing. It's a Buffalo yeah. thing. And I, I, look, we love our folks in Buffalo. They've got chicken wings. They invented the chicken wings. How can we not love them? Um, <laughs> exactly. and, and they've got no, Walmart with every well, different really, flavor of Pop-Tarts. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, but their sports teams cursed. Very much so. Fisher Price, I think, is down here too. What? But I want to know, who were you named after? Uh, it's a great question. I don't think I, I don't think I was, I think, um, 
I, 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 in the Radley up. household, they weren't scouring the sports teams to mm. find a uh, superstar that we could name you after. No, I, I well, you know day. what? The, maybe named after Scott Thompson. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, uh, no, the, I, my initials, my initials, my parents were very proud that my initials spelled sir. So I was knighted before I was even in school. But, um, yeah, but so you, you know, and Elton John hang out. Both Paul McCartney and Elton and I, yeah, we uh, we we spend a lot of time together. All of us uh, folks. I, I mean, I'm I'm not even the honorary knighthood. I'm just the uh, the preordained knighthood. But no, no, I don't. Uh, there was no nobody that I know was uh, spawned the name. It was just a name they liked. But hey, I it I don't need to be part of any kind of naming because that will automatically now since this topic be part of a curse, and I don't need that at all. So right. Uh, well, we'll see. Topic though for your show, like have people call in and let you, them know. Let you let them let you know who they're named after. You know what? Next week we'll do a segment on that one. We will. People go. can start thinking we'll start about it who were you named after. Dave Keon. Yeah, we'll have to get on that one. That's uh, next time. Next time your brother makes an unpopular call in a CFL game, we'll just go. You're no Dave Keon. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love it. Steve Foxcroft, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Boo lustily. Much. Boo Jack Eichel. Boo lustily. Yeah, appreciate it, Steve. Have a good one. Okay, catch up soon. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me bring in our very good friend, Eric Alper. He is a music publicist. He's a music writer. He's a music, well, he does everything in the music industry, except I don't know if he's ever been a performer. Eric, have you ever been a performer, Eric? Oh, no. No, no, no. Even even I know my absolute limitations on things. I, I did karaoke once with a live band, and that was 5440. Whoa. And I basked in the applause and... Many, 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 many people came up to me afterwards and said, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> See, you could at least be the cowbell guy. I could fake it really well. I've been watching bands for 40 years. I know what to look like. Sound like, though? I don't know. I think that I would just have to go in the studio with an amazing producer to make me sound like double track me, triple track, bring it a choir bring in very loud musicians. So, no, no, I know my, my limitations. I am yeah. convinced that with auto-tune, anybody can be a star now. That You you better believe it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's certainly a lot easier now. Uh, you and I have talked before about those YouTube videos where people wa- apparently, allegedly watch or listen to a song for the very first time. I don't ever believe those are the first time, but nonetheless... Um, and one of them that I happened to see the other day as I was, again, down some rabbit hole was the Righteous Brothers. And those guys, again, no auto-tune for them, just their actual voices. That is when you realize that you are really good, when you don't have, back in the day when you didn't have auto-tune, and you sound better than the people who do have it today. Oh, I, I know so many stories of people like Dolly Parton or Stevie Nicks, um, Dusty Springfield, going into the studio looking at the lyrics for the first time from scratch, recording the vocals, the one that still stands. It, it is, when you see these musicians that have lasted this long, like decades and decades, you realize just how good they they truly are. And, you know, there, I, it, there wasn't any masking back then. And, and in fact, I, I think it all started to turn when Whitney Houston 
perform the national anthem at a Super Bowl that was deemed yes. one of the greatest of all time. But she was even lip syncing because in a live setting, there's so much at stake. There's the nerves of and nervousness of the artist. There's a cracked voice. There's a flubbed line here and there. And the stakes are much too high. You think she was lip syncing? Um, and I think that's when it all started to change is when it was like, Kind of fakery was okay, and people just didn't mind it. You think she was lip syncing? I I, I oh, refuse absolutely. to believe that she was in that one. No, absolutely. No, she was absolutely lip syncing. I mean, I remember when uh, who was the um, uh, the singer on Saturday Night Live whose track broke? Oh yeah, uh, Jessica Simpson's sister. Yes, uh, Nicole. Yeah. No, anyway, no, Nicole Simpson's OJ's wife. That's a <laughs> wrong Simpson. <laughs> That's yeah. There's there's. I can't remember her name. I thought it was Nicole, but maybe not. Okay. All right. Let us get to um, the first. I got a couple things I want to ask you about, but let's start with this one. Last week, the CFL announced who was going to be playing the Grey Cup halftime show. Uh, Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line. Uh, Jordan Davis, who's an American country pop artist. And then Josh Ross, who's from Burlington. So a Canadian guy. So one of the three is Canadian. But I got to tell you, every single year they do this, it makes me crazy. It is, I believe... This the Grey Cup halftime show is barring something very unusual annually the biggest stage any act will have in this country. I believe wholeheartedly that should be reserved for Canadian acts. Do you share my view or do you, do you not mind? A, a, a little bit, you know, like I, I you know when you think about the greatest halftime shows, um, you know, the Justin Bieber, Mariana's Trench, Gordon Lightfoot, Carly Rae Jepsen of 2012 was amazing. Um, the Black Eyed Peas of 2005 was great. One Republic in 2016 was great. And so you're right. Like there's always something weird and unsettling when an American or UK artist um, performs there, which is which is interesting to go down that rabbit hole because you know we're playing a game that is made up of primarily you know non-Canadians. Um, Certainly, you know, the, the advertisers make most of their money in America and not in Canada. And so, but for some reason, we, we hold dear to this idea that the entertainment has to be Canadian. This is the ability to put our own, um, you know, national artists on a worldwide stage. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Grey Cup are probably sitting there looking at themselves saying, well, w- we need to make this game bigger. And sometimes we can't rely on our own country for the rating. So we need to bring in somebody with the name. And in fact, you know, a little bit of a stretch, but the Songwriters Hall of Fame uh, in Canada was a couple of weeks ago, and they had Olivia Rodrigo, one of the biggest stars and musicians on the planet, inducting Alanis Morissette. And the same argument was held you guys couldn't find a Canadian to induct it. But realistically, that story and Olivia Rodrigo doing this was in Time Magazine, Rolling Stone, Spin, Pitchfork, the New York Times. It was on some of the biggest publications in the world, bringing the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame to a complete worldwide audience, maybe putting the spotlight on other musicians that are in the Hall of Fame that wouldn't otherwise get noticed. So I can see both arguments, but... And, you know, there's something about having a Canadian perform at Grey Cup that, that makes it a little bit easier for me to stomach. Well, the the reason that this, I think, is unique is that the, the CFL is trying to position itself as the Canadian League. Obviously, it's the Canadian Football League. I understand that. But it can't, it's not going to be able to compete head-to-head with the NFL 
uh, simply on the face of its product. It's a great product. It's a good league. They are great athletes, but you have to find something that sets you apart. And so it's made it, we are uniquely Canadian. And if you're going to argue the, we are uniquely Canadian and you have the biggest stage in the country every year, I believe you should extend that and say, we're going to make this a uniquely Canadian event. It can't be Shania Twain every year. It's not going to be Justin Bieber every year. But there's got to be enough Canadian acts out there that somebody would want to do this every single year, even if it's a not as big as that, even if it's someone who is, you know, we had Arkells do it uh, yeah. in Hamilton. Are they, I mean, they're probably bigger than most, but there's got to be, there's got to be a way to make this a, in my mind, a Canadian show. I don't, I don't need, I, I don't need to see Florida, half of Florida, Georgia line again. I can see them a million different places. The country music awards were on TV last night. I don't know if they played, but nonetheless, I can see all of these people a million other places. Make this a Canadian thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it past when you are the Grey Cup. And look, I don't know anybody that works there. So, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend for a moment. If if, if you're in a meeting, a marketing meeting with the Grey Cup, and you're taking a look at the halftime show, and you have, um, you know, a million and a half people watching, and you have a clear open road with the football fans in North America and around the world, because the Super Bowl isn't for at least another couple of months down the road. Um, I'm not convinced that some of those people are looking at it saying, well, we can get an Alicia Cara, or we can get a Julie Black, or we can get you know somebody that's up and coming, or we can have the eyes and ears of every football fan, because they're just not competing with the Canadian market anymore. They're competing with we, you know, the more that we can expand beyond this country, maybe the better it is. I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Is. I wouldn't put it past them because I think that every television show, every movie, every artist and musician is in competition with all the rest of the stuff happening around the world. So why not be able to show that you can compete on a worldwide scale, even if it is the Grey Cup? Uh <sighs> You're, I mean, you look, you're absolutely right about the fact that you are trying to compete with eyeballs. And in all likelihood, if you bring in whomever, well, in this case, I mean, it, this one's a weird one because it's not even all of Florida Georgia Line. It's not like Florida Georgia right, Line is right. half of them. But regardless, on, on a typical year, let's say you got Florida Georgia Line, that's going to eventually go online. People may watch that. And then maybe somebody in the state says, hey, I wonder about what that game was all about. And you build an audience. I suppose. I suppose. I just don't know that. I don't know that a YouTube video afterwards going viral matters all that much to the CFL because I don't know how many people would automatically make the connection and say, I watched a halftime show on YouTube days afterwards. Therefore I must watch CFL football. Ah, that's, that's, that's the rub. So as much as you and I love the Arkells and no slight to the Arkells whatsoever, they're probably not going to bring in a lot of people who aren't already watching the game. And for all that we know about the Arkells and however big they are, there's still probably 25 million people in this country who don't know who they are. Sure. But when you bring in somebody like a Florida Georgia line, or at least half of it, and really, who needs all of anything Florida at this point in the in the election year anyway? But realistically, that will probably bring in way more people who don't know about the about um, 
you know, the fact that it's a great cup that will just go and want to watch the half game show. And then you're right. If they stick this up on YouTube, that's now the Grey Cups and the CFL's job to turn those eyeballs into lifelong fans. And the way to do that is by remarketing and Google AdWords and tracking and um, boosting the posts to people who now love country music on Facebook but may not watch football. That's the... That's where the real job starts when you're in marketing. It's not so much of the four and a half minutes of the halftime show, but what you do afterwards might be just as important, if not more important, to turn those people who don't even know it's a football game into, you know, Canadian football supporters. All right. So while this is going on, we've got another Canadian act who's not doing the halftime show. Maybe she should. Maybe she has free time now because Alanis Morissette, who's supposed to be performing at the Rock, or was supposed to be performing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, says, no, I'm not going to do this, and gave a, a, a an unclear reason. She said that she did not, she was pulling out of being involved in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, induction because there is no need, just a quote, there is no need for me to spend time in an environment that reduces women. This it, was a, a, amazing. Um, and this isn't the first time that Lance Morissette had been really vague about something. When that documentary came out, I think maybe you and I were talking about this, that when uh, there's a documentary that's out on Lance Morissette, and it's really, really good. Um, and she chose not to promote it. And a couple of days before the launch of it, she said, that this isn't the story I wanted to tell and hope to tell, therefore I can't support it, which was really weird for somebody like Alanis Morissette to have full control over something, and then suddenly that control slips from your fingers, but she never revealed what parts of it she was disappointed with. I think I have an idea, but she never really came out and said it. In this case, Alanis Morissette was, do- was doing the rehearsals with Olivia Rodrigo to perform You're So Vain as a tribute to inductee Carly Simon. Something happened during the rehearsals that made her literally get up, walk out, leave, and not come back. She's absolutely correct with the anti-women sentiment of the music industry. We all know this. There's less than 11% of all of the rock and roll inductees are women. And in fact, it got better this year because seven of the 14 are women. Dolly Parton, Eurythmics, Carly Simon, and so forth. But it's just been disastrous with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame allowing, you know, a little bit more than 10% of all performers to be women. So was it that? Probably not. Because then she probably just would have said, no, I'm not going to be attending anything until you guys straighten up and start inducting more women. I have a feeling that somebody on the production side or maybe on the sound technician side saw her maybe have a little bit of problems with doing the song, talked down to her, talked to her as if she was a woman that didn't know any better, that maybe didn't sell 140 million copies around the world, and treated her like an idiot. And she walked out. And I think that even though that there's been nothing of that sort, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has come out and said that she was struggling with the song, um, which kind of reeks of a little bit sexism, too. Uh, but Alanis Morissette has not revealed exactly what caused her to walk out. So she's not going to be on the broadcast that happens on HBO at the, end, at the end of the month. So Olivia Rodrigo did the song by herself. So 
I mean, to me, it's an interesting one because I mean, look, Alanis Morissette is fully entitled to perform or not perform, and that's that's her. I mean, she's certainly in a in a place uh, in the pecking order of musicians that she has that ability. That you know, she's not needing this to do this. I do wonder, though, if you're going to make a comment like that, if you should be following it up with more than something really obtuse that leaves everyone not knowing. Is it is it fixing anything if you leave it just sort of hanging like this where no one knows what the problem was? I, I, totally. And, 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 uh, and I think that's part of the issue, and I think that's part of why... And I would say the same thing. By the way, so Eric, I would say the same thing if this was an African-American artist who said I, something totally. and left it where absolutely. there was a suggestion I, something and, and, racist may have happened. you got to say what it is, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're exactly right. And I think you're, you're, I think you're, you're brilliant for just mentioning that. It's not the fact that that she's a woman specifically. Her reasons are for that, but she left it hanging like a bomb, and then all of a sudden, that's why the story didn't really have legs in the media after 48 hours. It was because there's nothing for us to do. If she would have said, you know, hey, this is a really good reason to put the spotlight on the fact that women are so not heard that they make up only 13% of all the songwriters on the Billboard Hot 100 and we're always treated as secondary citizens. That's one thing. But the fact that she didn't really pinpoint, I mean, did somebody make fun of her looks? Did they make fun of her voice? Did they make fun of the fact that she couldn't remember lyrics? And, and all those things are towards the person. But if she's generalizing that this is what women face, I, and I love Alanis to the end of time, but I think you have a responsibility when you're that big to put the spotlight on women working in the music industry, women in production, women in engineers, to talk about these are the things that even I face after even selling 130 right, million right. albums around the world. Uh, and, and again, if you... To me, and, and people may disagree with me, and that's fine, and because we don't know what this is, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame later came out and said she was having trouble with the song, by not saying anything, you leave open the possibility that people yeah. might just say, she just had to come up with a reason not to do it because she wasn't doing well with the song, as opposed to if there's really an issue there, you have to, I think you should be being a little more clear with this. I, I do. I, 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 I think it. it you, you fake it. You know what? Let Olivia take three quarters of the song and you go do the verse. Like, I, I think there, there's a way of saving face in all of it. And I'm not sure, um, you know, that, that this would have been the right way to do it. Because you, look, you're a journalist. When you kind of don't get to follow up with a response, the last response of somebody getting in front of the story, that's the one that people believe. Well, okay, so let's say for a second that someone at a particular workplace did something totally irresponsible or out of line or offensive or whatever, and one of your coworkers said, you know, I can't be here because there are problems. Well, how am I supposed to fix that or address it or anything else if you won't go any further than that and won't speak to it at all, especially if you've made a public situation about it. anyway i just i i i i mean it's not a it's not smashing alanis morissette i think she's i mean she's clearly one of the most successful canadian performers yeah. of all time it just it seemed that i i don't quite get what this was all about ability to even if it is to warn women about the rock and roll hall of fame if that's the case you know that's why we have um 
you know, Doorglass and all of these sites out there that you can put comments about your past jobs to warn people about certain behavior or certain philosophies that that company has. And I think Alanis Morissette stopped short of that, um, whatever her reasons are. Um, I mean, maybe we'll just have to wait for the book to come out next nah, Maybe, maybe. All right, so we got a couple more minutes here just about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tell me something. Every year I, I go through this and I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away. How is it that, and I'm just going through the list really fast, I'm looking at this, um, uh, the Guess Who, uh, Diana Ross, uh, based on, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say yeah. rock and roll, but sure, rock and roll. Um uh, Kate Bush, I mean, certainly Kate Bush lately with uh, Stranger Things back on top. Um, Mary Wells or uh, Mary J. Blythe or you can go down this whole, Ozzy Osbourne or um, Procol Harum or, I mean, there's so many groups that are, are somehow still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and yet every year there's one or two that goes in and I go, why are they there? Is it, do you believe that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a list of groups it intentionally snubs exactly f- so that you and I do what we're doing right now and talk about them? I, I believe more of the first part, and I know for a fact that's the case. In fact, Jan Wenner, the publisher of Rolling Stone magazine, came out when he released his autobiography this week, and somebody asked him about bands like Journey and Styx and Kansas, and Boston, and all these bands from the 70s that literally made the music industry a billion-dollar company and a, and a field for people to go into. And he shortly said afterwards, these bands aren't even thought of. They're, they're, they may get in, but they might be like the Temptations of the Four Tops with one original member left alive. So chances are, if you're talking about them, they're not even thought of at this point because they may not have a new album out. They might not be, you know, they might be waiting for something bigger to come along. But most of the time, it's just really a short list of 15 or 20 artists and they're going to pick, you know, 14 or 15 of them to come in. They're getting better. But this year, if it would have told anybody, they're now in the 1980s and they may not be looking back so quickly these days. They got a lot to get through with the 80s and 90s, and this year with the start of it with Duran Duran and and uh, and Eurythmics and Eminem, among others. Uh, yeah, this year, Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton. Didn't Dolly Parton say she wasn't going in? Yeah, she said that she, because she didn't consider herself rock and roll, but then uh, I think a lot of people in the media were like, you probably have the spirit of rock and roll more than anybody else mm-hmm. that has uh, not come in yet. Uh, Lionel Richie and Carly Simon, also another band that's not in there that I have no idea how. How is Iron Maiden not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They're next. I have no doubt. I think they need to get Judas Priest in there. Judas but then Priest. Realistically, yep. Iron Maiden should very well be in there. All right. Last thing before I let you go. Here's the big question of the day. He is on the list here that I'm looking at of snubbed, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Should Weird Al Yankovic go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, you better believe it. And it'll be the greatest show you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it'll be something. I I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm torn on that one. I would love for him to go in. I think it would be a lot of fun. I'm, um... I, don't, I, I don't think you'll end up with a lot of negative answers to that one because he's so beloved. Look, does he deserve it on paper? No, not even close. But he did kind of create this whole industry onto himself and yep. has lasted 45 years in an industry that's pretty cutthroat as it is. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets on that list. And if he gets on that list, he is for sure a shoe in. 
Eric Alper, always appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.